welcome to a Heritage Christian Centre podcast. For more information, visit www.heritagecc.com.au. We hope this message blesses your life. The importance it is that we know how to encourage ourselves. Secondly, how to encourage people who are lacking courage. And thirdly, how to inspire others who have courage to greater feats of the goodness of God and things they can do. And I, I think in this uh, climate of fear that our world is living in right now in regard to this virus, um, that we need people that encourage one another, that understand that. And so firstly, as we continue, I, a couple of things I want to say, um, because I've spoken a lot about encouragement, the first thing I want to do is firstly say, as a pastor, I am so proud of all of you. You are amazing people who love God. And uh, you encourage Sue and I no end. Just the fact that you still come, uh, <laughs> that's nice. Uh, but you do, you, you do encourage us. And I, I believe that as a people of God, there is so much more ahead of us that we can accomplish. And, and I, I look at people here and I see Christ being formed in, in you. And I see that the growth and the potential, but I, I see what's yet to be revealed. And I want to encourage you in that. I'm so proud of where you are, but I'm also proud of where we're going and where you're going in your walk with God. So uh, let, let's continue because they're really important words for us to learn uh, to encourage people. See, just saying things like that, uh, w- while I'm saying it, there, there's still some of you going, yeah, he cares about us. Yeah, look, I may not always show it, but I do. I may not always express it, but I do. I do care. But I, but I also have hope in God, in you, for what lies ahead. I have hope that you will achieve much more than you can imagine, that you will attain to so much more than you currently are at. And I believe that's going to happen in your lives and in the life of the church. So I am proud of all of you. So thank you for being here and being a part of it. Our words are, are very powerful. And the more... We step up in in roles of responsibility. The more magnified is the power of our words. Sometimes, and Brenda even said this, sometimes what might seem as no consequence can actually lift other people's spirits or it can crush them. It's really important that we understand that parents especially, the power of your words for your children, they're so powerful, they're so formative of the destiny of your children. It's not about what they've done. It's about where they're going. And when we see them, what do we see? Do we see the potential? Do we encourage that in their lives with words like, I'm proud of you? And, and it's really important we do that. He actually says in James 3, 5 in the message, the word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. That, that's, that's such a powerful statement. See, our words can lift people up. And whether a company leader, a parent, a mentor, or someone that just people might look up to, uh, our words can build others up or tear them down. And so we have to have a discipline of encouraging others and using our words wisely. I'm, I'm sometimes a little flippant, and I'm, I'm glad Sue, I don't like it when she does it, but I'm glad at times she'll pull me up and say, sweetheart, what darling you know and and like every man I will look like I'm perfect and I'm frustrated but in in the latter times I'm thankful uh, that she's there to to help me see what I'm saying so I want to encourage others I, I want to encourage people to believe in what they can be before they get there see 
the, the danger is we, we can misinterpret courage. See, saying, great job, well done, way to go. That's not encouragement. That's reward. It's not encouragement, that's reward. You've done a good job, well done. And if you don't get it, you feel like you're unappreciated. That, that's a reward because it's, it's relating to the past. But encouragement is, is telling others you believe in them before they get there or even before they start. Encouragement is, is, is not saying things like great job. It's, 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 encouragement is a pay it forward. I'm, I'm putting something in for that which is yet to be revealed in someone's life. We, we should reward people. Listen, our words should be rewarding. But our words should also be encouraging. You know, I believe in you. You know, even, even things like, oh, I expect more from you. You're better than that. Those words, are as, well, as sometimes they might be corrected, but they're encouraging. I'm expecting. I'm looking forward. You, you can do better than that. So encouragement isn't a reward for the past. It's a cheering on to what is yet to be achieved. I, I want to share quickly an example about a man who, who had the capacity to encourage others in dire circumstances. Uh, and this man is called Ernest Shackleton. And I don't know if you've seen the, the, the account or read it. Uh, uh, you should, if, if you're a young man or a woman or anyone, I would encourage you to read the journey of Shackleton. I think there's a movie out uh, as well. Um, he, was, he was raised, he, he wasn't overtly Christian. He was raised in a Quaker family. And often in his writings, he, he, would, he would use God and Christian imagery. And so there was something sown into his life by his parents of the things of God that comes out in the way he lives. Verses like 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Or 1 John 5, 5. He who is in, who is in you overcomes the world. Who, who is? Yeah. Anyway, he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Uh, Jeremiah 32, 27. Behold, I'm the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? And if you look at his situation, it was hard. Uh, Shackleton's situation was hard. So if we just have a few of the slides, to so go through them quickly. Okay, that's, that's Shackleton, and that's the boat they're going around the Antarctic on. Not really in a good situation right now. Next, next slide. That's the worst situation, because now the boat's actually been crushed by the pack ice, broken up, and starting to sink through the ice. Uh, I, I don't know if you're one of the sailors on that boat, how you would feel watching your boat that you came here on sink under the ice and know that underneath you is not land, just ice and water. Uh, and so they got the three rescue boats and let's have a look at the next slide. Uh, this is the, the boat they left Elephant Island on. There were six men in the boat. Next slide. This is the men on shore waving goodbye. These guys in the boat are heading off on a 1,000 plus 1,600 kilometre journey in an open dinghy in the Antarctic Sea where the roaring 40s and that sort of goes around. So they're heading off in, and you can see the distance, not that far away, but they're in a little boat. Next slide. That's how big the boat is. It just takes up a bit, bit bigger than two bay windows. Six men, open boat, 1,600 kilometres. Next slide. That's a map of the journey. So on December 5, 1914, he and his men headed off from South Georgia Island 
some 2,000 kilometres east of the southern tip of South, South America to the Antarctic. They wanted to be the first to travel from one side to the other. South Pole had been reached, but no one had travelled right across the continent from side to side. So early 1915, the endurance... Uh, uh, sorry, early in that trip, about two days later, three days later, the endurance became trapped in sea ice. It was an unusually cold period. It was stuck in sea ice then for 10 months until it was crushed and finally sank. And it sank on uh, November 21, 1915. So they started the sea ice on December 7, 1914. Ship sinks December 21, 1915. Over 10 months later. Here's a bunch of sailors who are going on a trip and they're stuck in ice for 10 months. They get the three lifeboats off. They're going to drag them across the ice till they find water. And on the way, they sort of have troubles. They, get, they finally hit, after dragging them across the ice and, and sailing, uh, they do about over 1,000 kilometres, I think it is, and they get to Elephant Island, which is sort of halfway between South Georgia Island and the southern tip of South, of South America. So it's about 1,000, I think 900 nautical miles, 1,500 kilometres each way. And these six men set off on a journey and they get to South Georgia Island. And then they have to trek across the mountains and the island to get to the east side where there's a whaling station. They get there. And the rest of the men from the Endurance were rescued off Elephant Island on September 1916. So here we have a man who has a whole crew that he's responsible for in the midst of some of the most dire circumstances of life. We have photographic record because there was an Aussie photographer on the boat who took the photographs. He's taking it for a record for the National Geographic Association or whatever it was. And we have a photographic record and, and diaries of this whole journey and how Shackleton encouraged people. I think it was Lord Nelson made a comment about Shackleton. He talked about some other great men and said, in a, in a war, you want this man. In a, in, a, a res, in a research mission, you want this man. But in a rescue, you want Shackleton. And, you know, Shackleton was pretty much a nobody, didn't have particularly good health. His father couldn't even join the war because of health issues and so genetically passed on. But this account is, is a man who had courage in him, instilled, I believe, because of the family faith. And then the courage of him, he encouraged his men and this great adventure was accomplished. Uh, this is probably one of the greatest rescue adventures because not one man was lost. Everyone was rescued. Such was the commitment and the courage instilled by Shackleton into his people that they were, became courageous in the event themselves. And so not only was he courageous, he stirred up others to have courage and then stirred those with courage to take greater risks. It's an amazing story. I get inspired by things like this. But you know what? Right through history, there are moments when men and women who looked insignificant, men and women who didn't have anything particularly great about them, there was a time and a moment that everything within them was built for and the revelation of who they were and the moment they were called for, for this life, became apparent. Winston Churchill was pretty much a, 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 written off and the moment the war was over, lost the election. 
but he was a man for the moment. And that which was instilled with him changed the world and the destiny. I, I don't know where your life is, but this is how I believe. I believe every one of you has a time yet to be revealed of the moment of God, which that which is built in you can inspire and stir others and see a great victory ahead of you. I believe that. I wouldn't do what I'm doing if I didn't believe that in this place, there are people who are going to change this city, this region, and even this world. I'm inspired by the fact that I can see beyond where we are to what God could do. And it comes from developing the character of your life now and waiting for God's moment for that character, those, those skills, those traits to be revealed. There is a time, there is a moment in all of our lives that can be so powerful if we will continue in the way. So we want to encourage people. So how do we do that? And I want to be very, very practical, not so much super spiro, but very practical today. There are ways we encourage one another. Firstly, you need to show people you care. To show people we care. The Bible says it, have the same care one for another. You know, Paul's writings, you know, he, he, in his writings, he cares. And we need to show people we care for them. We need to take time. Now, I'm not good at this. I don't know if you have black coffee with two sugars or not. I do know most street people have a white coffee with two, which is a standard. Uh, I don't know. But I know what I like. I've got a fair idea what my wife likes. And I'm trying to guess between two things because she likes two different things. Um, and I'm trying, do you want this? Do you want tea or coffee? Do you want breakfast or earl? Uh, you know. But people, we need to show one another we care. We need to show one another we care about each other. It, it, we need to take time to learn about people. That's why we have connect groups. So we can actually know where people are, know their family, their interests, their fears, their challenges, their dreams. And one of the best ways to show people you care is to care about what they care about. Find out what they care about and be involved in that. Care about what others care about. Second thing we need to do is tell them. Tell them we believe in them. Tell them, I'm proud of you. I believe in you. You know, I, I see great things ahead, whatever. Tell people verbally. Take time to tell people, your friends, your family, the people we might influence. We believe in them. I believe in you. I believe there's so much ahead of you. We can always spot the problem. But do we tell people we believe? Do we tell them, I believe there's much more? I believe there's things yet you are yet capable of seeing and accomplishing. I believe in you. I believe that you will do so much more for God than you can even imagine because God is in you and I believe in you. Sometimes telling them in writing might be a card and sanitize it, but <laughs> write it down. Tell people, you know, so encouraged by what you, little notes, cards, some way of, of writing it down, encouraging someone, you know, these, these things. Are important. It, it's it's like writing little notes. I love it when we get little notes from people. I get them occasionally or comments. You're telling them, write write it down. Sharing with one another. Sharing your own journey with people. Share your words in power. Share your words that that show them in a public sense, in a private sense. But it, praising parents, praise your kids and tell people the good the things that they've done. 
I mean, we can all tell all the mistakes and we do that. But tell them how good they are. Tell the kids in, in a public sense, this is, this is my son, he's doing a great job. He's, you know, he has great things for God in him. Or, you know, this is my daughter, I just believe God has so much more. You know, you should see the way she does this or he does that. Or, you know, just come along and encourage one another. Find out where people are and share. Share the good things in their life. Share the challenges. Share this, oh, this, you know, with your three or four people, you know, Elisha, he's just got, love it when he dances with me. It's nice to look across and Aaron, it's, I love it when these guys, it, like me, we, we express our faith in moving like King David, you know, we're going to dance like David danced, you know, we're gonna, well, and I, I love it. I, I, I love it and I love watching you guys. You just encourage me so much, both of you. I'm 62 and I can still move. <laughs> <laughs> They just they cheer me on. They encourage me. Well, that that's they're just doing something, and we share the joy of worshiping God together. Share about it. Share what happens. You know, I love, I love talking about what you know. Every department, our youth, our kids, our young adults, the leaders who take the roles, and you know, Robert and Brenda, the children, Robert with Cap, and you know, you guys with the young adults, Nelson, Amy, just fabulous, giving, helping Nelson. It's great, good teamwork. You know, I love Ben and Julie and, and the, how they work together. I love the other week when Ben was praying at the prayer meeting. I thought, oh, he's, I like the way Ben prayed. Yeah, you know, it's exciting. It's oh yeah. There's, there's something in there yet to be revealed. It's exciting me. Oh, it stirs my heart. I'm going, yeah, it's my son-in-law. Yes, God. You know, my, my daughter picked a good man. You know? And we need to tell. We need to share with people the goodness of God. Because people hear stories back about us talking about them. I want them to hear stories that I spoke well of them. Because when the word gets back to them that you spoke well about them to someone else, Does something and hear to them. You didn't do it to their face. You didn't do it. I mean, we should, and we should do it in a public sense like this. But even in private, you share something. Oh, so and so is so good. Then the word gets back because people do whisper. I'd like to stop gossip completely, but sometimes we should gossip the gospel and the good news should be told. You know, but when it gets back to them, they, well, even in private, they talk about me like that. Share. This one's a bit scary because it takes risk, but trust them with some more trust them with some more give people some responsibility now, that's scary at times because it, it's like sometimes we want to micromanage everything want to do it all ourselves and, you know let me do it it's quicker when I do it myself yes it is but it's not as effective when you let someone else do it they do the job it might not even be as good as you think you are but you know what when they do it it encourages them and it releases you. It takes time to train, but trust them with more. See, trusting people conveys that you, that you believe in them. That's encouraging when people are entrusted with something. You know, we're not trusting with the expectation of success. We're trusting them to have a go. See, you can trust with the expectation of success, or you can trust that they're going to have a go. They may not do it well. They may fail. But I'm going to trust them to have a go because having a go is going to help them in the long run and it's going to help me. And we need to tell them that. We need to help them and not micromanage it, but walk alongside them. And that's the next point was help them. Help them. Helping is not, it's not opposite to five, but it's, it's being there. Say, so look, 
I'm not here to do it for you. I'm not going to look over your shoulder. But if you want help, I'm here. If I can help, I'll get help for you. But I want you to have the courage to ask the questions, but to know it's not wrong or right. You should be courageous enough to ask the question and know that you're not going to be kicked out. I mean, kids, ask. Ask the question. If you don't know, ask. Better to ask and find out and then do the right thing than go ahead blindly and make it even worse. But if, you don't, if you're going to give trust, you need to open the door that they can come and ask for help. And if you do that, you say, look, I trust you with it's yours. If you want help, I'm here. And then help them when they need to. And helping isn't doing it for them. Helping them is doing it with them until they can do it themselves. And if we help them like that, then what that does, they get encouraged. Because what it means is I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm interested in investing in you of my capacity that I have, which may not be all, but in the area that I have capacity, I'm interested in investing in you to become all you can be. Now, I can't give you everything. You need to send my wife for everything else, which is far more. But, or others. You know, but I'm willing to invest in you. See, it's not just trust. I'm willing to invest and come alongside and help because I see something in you which is far greater than where you are today. And I actually believe that can happen. I believe it ought to be normal for us as believers to encourage others like that. Because you, you all got different skills and many of you have many more skills than I have in so many different areas. That's why the Bible says we all should have the same care one for another. What you have, what I have, let us share it together so we all grow. That we believe in improving one another. Not just in word, but in actions. And think about those six simple points. Is there effective in almost every situation and any situation you come across? Whether it's with peers, subordinates or superiors. Yes, you can encourage superiors by saying, I believe in you. I believe you can take us where we need to go. In peers, come on, we can do this together. I believe in you. I believe you've got something I don't have and we can do this better. We can do better together than we can alone. It works in the office. It works in the home. It works in your peer groups. It works everywhere. If we will go, how do I put courage into people? Well, I need to work with them. I need to help. I need to inspire. I need to tell them. I need to show them. I need to do that. Like the musicians and singers to come, not planning to preach long and haven't. It's great. See, when you show you care, when you tell others you believe in them, when you talk positively about them to others, when you trust them with important things and help them succeed, you encourage them to believe in themselves and accomplish more than they thought possible. I actually want and I believe that every one of you can accomplish so much more than you think you can. I was speaking to someone the other day, um, not in this church, but another place and and I said to them, I actually believe you should start writing some songs. And they looked at me in a bit of horror. I mean, they looked at me in horror. I said, I oh, know. Look, I believe you should. There's something in your life that will help the people you're with. And you need to sit down and write some songs. I still believe there are people in this church who can write songs. 
I'm still looking for it, believing for it to happen. I'm still believing we're going to see songs come out of this house. They may not start really perfect, but they will start and then they will get better. And then the songs will come from the people in this house. I actually believe there's people in this church who can write books. Books about experience and life and the journey that would encourage others, help others to see things more clearly. I'm, I'm trying to write a book and I believe I can and I will. And my daughter, daughters keep telling me, when are you going to finish? My son told me the other day, when are you going to finish that, Dad? <laughs> I believe there are people who can do that. I believe there are people who are going to start activities or ministries that will actually touch people that we're not touching yet. I believe, you know, we, we believe that. We've seen that happen. Nelson, Amy, you guys are amazing. We've seen that with the people before you and now the young adults. We've, we've seen that with the, with the Nexus group just rising up already. I actually believe there's more. And you know what? What's, what's a little challenging is that if the people who are already a part of the church aren't going to do it, God in His goodness cares so much about His people, He'll bring someone in from outside and, and they will come and become a part and they will use what they have and they'll catch the vision and start to do it. And here's the danger when that happens. Those who know they should have but didn't will either feel convicted and challenged or feel condemned and criticised. So could I encourage you? Step out in faith. Step out in faith. Someone, write some songs, please. Someone, write a book. Someone who knows how to write books, come and help me. (laughs) Someone who's really good at parenting. Someone who's really good taking on roles, taking on responsibilities. Pick Pick up the mantle. Get involved somewhere. I believe in you. God believes in you. That's why He put His Spirit in you. God believes in you. God sees so much more ahead. And I think when we get to heaven, the only only possible negative would be the unfulfilled potential that we could have had. But I'm going to believe that we're going to start stepping into that. And we're going to start to draw from heaven everything that God put in us and see it become established. So I want to ask these questions, simpler what I asked last week. What could you do to encourage others? And what example are you giving to stir up love and good works? And I'm going to add a third question. It's not in there, but it's still important. What are you doing to encourage yourself, to stretch yourself? Because I believe God has more for all of us.